Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 71, and today we are going to be talking with Ceresig Farms about a major milestone that they have reached. Before we get started, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and catch all of our latest videos on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter, at RDO Tony K. Now with that, let's get back to the show. I'm really excited to welcome Kim Ceresig, who is the owner-operator for Ceresig Farms. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Kim. To get started, I'd really like to hear a little more about you and your background and how everything got started with the Ceresig Family Farm. Well, it's it's good to be here. Appreciate the opportunity uh, to be able to take part in something like this. Like you said earlier, it's a very special year, special uh, occasion. We were able to celebrate our centennial here a few weeks ago with a, with a lot of family. But uh, going back, you know, it got started in 1918, I guess you could say. It was founded by my uh, great-grandpa, Robert Ceresig, who got the farm started. From what I've heard through visits at our centennial gathering, was, was a farmer, but was also a carpenter, a musician, all that stuff. So um, wasn't I guess you could say a um, a farmer by heart, but he he ran the farm for years, and then my grandpa Hugo Ceresig and his wife Mary decided to take it over in the early 1940s, or at least buy the land. I think they had rented the land for a few years, five or ten years before that, and then ran it for years and years and years until my grandpa Hugo was ready to retire, and then my dad came home full-time in the early 1970s and bought all the land for my grandparents and got things going on his end. And then my, my uncle Tom, uh, my dad's brother, came later in the 70s and kind of created, I guess you could say, Ceresic Brothers as far as the entity. And they farmed up until basically their retirement in 2012. And that's when uh, my wife, and I, uh, Jennifer, and, and myself moved home and took it over in 2012, and we've been been running ever since. So you talked about your centennial, this huge milestone, 100 years of operating that farm. How has the farm grown and changed over those 100 years? You talked about the different people that have kind of been in charge. From what you know, Kim, tell us a little bit about how that farm has changed. It's changed immensely. I can't count on, on how many fingers, how many times my dad makes a comment of how he wishes his dad was still around to see what we're doing these days. Obviously, the sheer size of equipment, but more so, I think, the technology and the equipment and what we can do and, and uh, different things that we're doing technology-wise and how things have changed and, and the productivity of what a farm can do these days is just mind-blowing, you could say. Yeah, there all of the change in the equipment and the land and everything that's being done is just unbelievable. You talked about all the different changes, and obviously there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that go into uh, owning and operating a farm. What has this farm meant for the Ceresig family? Well, it, it all kind of came to a head at the Centennial Celebration. As far as an uh, uh, an accurate number count of family, 
that was here. I I don't we don't have that, but it was it was over a hundred people that showed up on the Ceresig and then on my my grandma Mary's maiden side. A lot of family from from Canada on her side came down. There, there it, it was very emotional. There was there was a lot of tears and and a lot of celebration and and a lot of stories of of the special feelings that people get when they come back to the farm and just kind of the just the aura of what people felt when they were here and it really put it in the context for me i knew the importance of this farm you know you'd talk to family members that stop by from time to time and how much they they truly enjoy being out at the farm and enjoying memories and that but to sit down and have round table discussions and just walk around the farm and with all the aunts and uncles and cousins and relatives that were around and just what what they felt about the farm really really put it into context it was probably next to having getting married and having my children probably one of the most special weekends i've i've ever been a part of it's so cool to hear you talk about this celebration that you had and all of the people that you had come in I mean, a lot of times you hear about family reunions and and large gatherings, but to have that sort of gathering revolving around a centennial of a farm that's been operating over the past hundred years, it is so cool to hear. Let's talk, let's tell our listeners a little bit about the centennial celebration. How did it come about? What did you guys do? Tell us about the excitement that you guys had there. Well, it it all kind of started, or the bug was put in my ear, because to be honest with you, I didn't have, you know, documentation or did any investigating as far as when the actual farm was founded, you know, and and I had asked my dad that a few times, and and he really didn't know, but it it all kind of got started back in 2016. I had gotten a phone call from one of my dad's brothers that lives out in Fargo, and he had brought it to my attention that the, the centennial of the farm was coming up in 2018. And, and that kind of initially got the ball, the ball rolling. And it, it kind of started from there. As far as like hardcore planning, it, it probably started in, in 2017 in the spring, summer. That's when we started setting dates, um, setting up, you know, Facebook pages and invite pages and stuff to let people know, you know, kind of across the country and, and stressing and, and my grandma Mary's relatives and and family know that that we have something going on in the planning, and uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. There was three big researchers, I guess you could say. Uh, first off was my uh, one of my first cousins, actually the the son of the uncle that brought it forth to me in 2016, as far as the reunion was going to start. And that, his name was uh, Zach Stresig, and he basically did all the legwork he he sat down with great aunts all the uncles and family members you know he went to county abstract offices between north dakota and south dakota and minnesota digging up history on on the ceresigs and and how things got steaded in in south dakota north dakota and minnesota and where people came from and, and timelines and stuff so as far as the the history going back he he spent probably a half hour 45 minutes saturday evening putting on a presentation of of the the timeline of how things went on and, and a big help to him also uh was his brother pat stressig was was a huge a huge help and then we had another cousin of my dad's uh his name is 
Sim Blanchard, and uh, he was also did a lot of help with with digging up uh, photographs and newspaper articles and different things, magazine articles and stuff about things that had happened over the course of of the farm's life and and that. And my my sister Sheree Wolf was was huge um, with the logistics and and the planning and stuff. It was. Uh, and then when it all comes down to it, it was just a full-fledged family effort. You know, every everybody, you know, there there was that kind of core four, you could say, that helped put everything together. But it, it still was a, a full group effort throughout the family to get things planned and put together and, and put in place. Getting back to my cousin, Zach, you know, the kind of the ringleader as far as finding out the history and, and you know, doing the legwork and finding out uh, the information, he also... Uh, got with, I, I do believe it was the North Dakota Historical Society, um, and was able to get documentation and get in contact with people. We, we were actually recognized by North Dakota Department of Agriculture's uh, Doug Goring with two centennial plaques, which was, uh, which was awesome. Probably the, uh, the highlight of the night was actually a video feed from our state's governor, Doug Burgum, and uh, recognizing the, the farm on their 100 centennial years of, of Jurassic farms. And to see people in, of that stature reach out and, and, and show recognition, and, and it just even shows how special, you know, this farm and, and this centennial and, and the reunion uh, really is. It is so cool to hear about all those people, Doug Burgum and Doug Goring and the recognition. And that just goes to show what this milestone really means to the state of North Dakota, as well as the ag industry. I mean, you know, as well as I know, Kim, that that agriculture is huge in North Dakota. So to to hear that you you got a video feed from the, the governor of the state, uh, Doug Burgum, it, that is so neat that he reached out and recognized your farm on your centennial celebration. Now, you guys with your centennial, it's actually really unique because there's another, uh, I guess, manufacturer, you would say, in the agriculture industry that also got the opportunity to celebrate 100 years. So uh, for the listeners that don't know, John Deere actually celebrated 100 years of making tractors since they uh, purchased the Waterloo Boy uh, gas engine. So, Kim, tell us a little bit about the history of John Deere on the Ceresic Farm and, and what it kind of means to you guys to share a centennial of John Deere tractors as well as your farm operating for 100 years. Well, it, uh, John Deere's been a huge part. But, I mean, to be honest with you, when things first got going, you know, it, it was uh, kind of a mixture of things. John Deere always being a part of the farm, but there was other colors, other brands and stuff like that that were brought out uh, throughout the years with, with my grandpa. And really, John Deere, as far as uh, the, the stronghold of the farm, really didn't start until my dad took over. But until my dad came and, and bought the farm is when it, it was going to be John Deere or nothing at all you know that that's when you know the combines were green the tractors were green and it's and it's just been a a staple ever since from what you can remember when your dad kind of brought John Deere equipment onto the farm or really really said you know we want John Deere that's what we're going to run on this farm 
what has that meant for you or what can you remember? What has it meant for the farm to run John Deere equipment in the past years? It's meant uh, dependability, I guess you could say. There's a lot of other good brands out there, don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it, it truly comes down to dependability and aftermarket parts and service and keeping keeping the farmer going. I mean, not just us, but, but everybody that has John Deere equipment. It, it truly is a great service to have, you know, two, three, four John Deere dealerships within a 50, 60 mile radius of the farm. I mean, it's, there's not an issue in the full heat of harvest to be able to call a dealership and at seven, eight o'clock at night and, and get a hold of somebody at, at, at the store to, to get a part or to talk to a service technician. It, uh, you talk to other farmers and, and, that doesn't always happen with other other lines of equipment. So, I mean, it, it it means the world, to be honest with you. So along with the anniversary of the John Deere tractors, 100 years, we at RDO Equipment are actually celebrating our 50-year anniversary this year. So lots of anniversaries in the ag industry, and it's really cool to hear all of the, the stories and the history. But I do know, Kim, that you guys are, are great customers of RDO Equipment Company, and, and working with you, it really means a lot to RDO. What does working with RDO mean to the Ceresig farm? Uh, it's been great. I don't know if you've been told in, in your research as far as putting this podcast together, but I actually, uh, I spent just about 10 years working for RDO Equipment as a, as a mechanic for a few of those years and then finishing out those years as a service manager with RDO Equipment in Washburn. So it's, uh, RDO Equipment has always been pretty pretty big part uh, of what we do. And And the biggest thing that I go back to is of course, you know, the parts and the service, the aftermarket, but what, what we also do with technology, the, the group of people that come out from RDO on the product specialists, the, the, the guys that deal with the, the auto steers, the prescriptions, the variable rates, the mapping, all that stuff is, you know, that, that's the direction that our farm is heading. And that's, it's a huge light that, that really helps keep the farm progressing in the direction that I want it to go. And so it RDO equipment has, has been a huge part of that. That's awesome to hear that we can offer the support that you guys are looking for. And like you said, the, the Ceresic farm is really looking to, to be progressive in precision agriculture and for us at RDO equipment company to have that product specialist team to, to help you guys and get everything that you need and, and help fix those issues. It's really cool to hear where you guys are going. And now that I say that, you know, I got to ask him, what does the next 100 years look like on the Ceresig family farm? It looks bright. You know, I'm, I'm 36 years old and uh, we're going to take this thing as, as far as we can. I've got two young boys at the age of seven and six. They're, they're too young to sit there and say, well, they're going to come back and take over the family farm. But uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of instill in them what, my dad always told me was uh, get an education, you know, get a job, work in the real world for a little while. He said, you know, the farm will always be here if you want it. And, you know, I spent eight, 10 years uh, after college and, and working for RDO equipment and stuff. And, and then it was just kind of time and granted the timing worked out 
pretty well. You know, the, my dad was at an age, my Uncle Tom was at an age where they were ready to retire. Granted, they are still a very, very big part of this farm. You know, they, they spend every day out here helping me and, and running equipment and stuff. But I'm going to I'm going to follow that line as, uh, of what my dad told me. And it's it's nothing that's going to be forced onto my sons. And, I, and granted, I, I also have a, a two and a half year old daughter, too, and she would be more than welcome at the opportunity. But it, it, it's still going to come down to the lines of, of getting an education and working in the real world and, and dealing with that stuff before just jumping into farming and making sure that it, that they want to do it. You know, it, it, it's definitely not going to be anything that's going to be forced upon them. That's great to hear that you talk about your kids and, and growing up and you don't want to force farming onto them, but you know that there is a lot of heart when it comes to a family farm. And it's so neat to hear that you're really looking forward to the future to see what it has to hold for your family. I just want to thank you, Kim, for sitting down with me and talking about what this centennial has meant to you and your family and and how working with John Deere equipment and RDO equipment, really what it means to your farm and, and what you see going forward. So thanks again for sitting down and doing this with me, Kim. Yeah, well, thank you so much.